I'm gonna, we're getting into a series that I want to talk about. You guys with me this morning? I'm just going to ask that because I just, I really want us to be, I feel like the Lord is going to open up something that, to share that I, I've asked the Holy Spirit to really be, to allow me to share and get him seeing Blake in the room. That's good. I, he's, he likes that little place behind the pole. Um, but I'm talking about the kingdom of God. I, I feel like this is a subject matter that is, is, and I'm a little close to you, Kat, sorry. I moved this up for the girls, the kiddos to dance, and then I forget to move it back. Okay. Well, you would if I spit on you. You'd be like, what the heck? <laughs> um, there's a lot of things that, that the Bible talks about. The kingdom of God, it refers to that, that phrase a lot. Jesus taught about it. Uh, in fact, he uses, uses a phrase many times. He say, what do I say the kingdom of God is like? Or the kingdom of God is like this. And, and so he uses illustrations. He uses parables to teach us what the kingdom of God is like. He uses opportunities. He uses the things that happen around him. And whether it's a, a rich man that wants to be get right with God. And, and he uses a phrase that says, well, it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God than it is for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. So there's a lot of things that Jesus says that I'm thinking that we should understand. Maybe we, maybe we do, but at some point I'm wondering if it's a phrase, a term that we, that we hear, but we don't really know what it means. We hear, but we don't really understand what all it entails. The kingdom of God. What does that mean? When you hear that phrase, does it, do, do, do you understand it? Does it like resonate inside of you? It's like, okay, I get what that is. I, I know what that is. I know what Jesus is talking about. I know what the Bible's talking about. Or is it something that you just like, well, that's what I should know, but I don't really know. And, and it's, I, I want us to be very honest about this and very forthright because Jesus said some stuff that I believe is extremely poignant to our culture today. And what's happening even today, this very moment, in which we live, are living right here, right now, as it, as it was applicable to even his time and his day, it is still to this day and this time. You guys still with me? Okay, good. So in Romans, uh, I, this is a text I sent out, Romans chapter 14, starting in verse 17. Uh, he says this, this is Paul, he, Paul writing, and I love, uh, I'm going to use a New Living Translation throughout this morning. Uh, as I looked up every, the, these, uh, and I got a, I got really like a, a, a plethora of scripture in referring to the kingdom of God. I mean, it's really, so here's the, this morning I think it's going to be like this, this I'm going to use like the shotgun approach. I'm going to like, boom, blast this. And then I want to, I feel led to just really go back into stuff throughout these next times that Stephen spoke the last couple weeks, and, and uh, I don't know if you paid attention, there's a lot of it was gearing to what the kingdom of God is about in our lives. And so this is going to be something like a blast of like what the kingdom of God is, is about. And, I, and I'm hoping that it, it, it does something inside of us. It spurs something that where it's like, I want to know more. I want to learn more. I want to be more. I, wanna, I want more power of the kingdom of God in my life. I, I hope it does this. I pray that in the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, that it will spur us to want more of God. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of just simply eating and drinking, but of righteousness 
and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. See, this is Paul referring to this, this, the, the divisiveness that was actually happening in the church of how people were dividing against one another. They were, they were bickering, fighting, they were quarreling, they were trying to figure out what was right, what was wrong. Was it okay to eat meat? Was it not okay to eat meat? What did you need to be? And it, and it, it, went, it went to a whole bunch of weird places. Whether you, you honor God on a Sabbath or don't honor God on a Sabbath, whether and all these things that, that these conversations in the church were taking about and they were they were going about and Paul just like he just blasts it all out. He says, Look, the kingdom of God is not a matter of these external practices, but it's of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And when we operate that way, in fact he goes on to say, where, did I actually yes I did. And whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by man. Isn't that a cool thing? I think, come on, isn't that a cool thing? I mean, I really, I, I heard something really cool just a minute ago. That if we operate in the kingdom of God, in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, we're acceptable to God and approved by man. I mean, if you break it down, if you stop and think about it, if we're to be really honest, and this is what I sent out in my text, is like, that's probably what drives us more than anything out there. Anything in the world, anything that is, is being approved by God, accepted by God, and approved by man. You guys with me? I mean, it's something that I think drives us to where it, it, it causes insecurities because we don't know, we're not sure, we chase after, you know, being a uh, whatever you, you know, we call it, people-pleasing, but it's really when we, we want approval from a father, from a mother, from a brother, from, from a community, uh, and, when we, and, we, and we're not sure about that from God, man, that's, that'll create such guilt and turmoil within you to where it's like if you don't know you're right by God, in God, where are you going to find any peace in anything in this life? You'll chase after stuff that, that you think might fulfill that, whether it's even religion, church, stuff that, and, and he's saying no. Even, even trying to do all the right things, sometimes even maybe for a right reason once in a while. But so, so it's really important to under, as we understand this, is this is what the kingdom of God is about, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That gets, it's going to get deep, but I'm not going to get deep there this morning, at least not in that place. Another day. Mm. Would somebody agree with me? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get to a quote. Would somebody agree with me that there is a conflict between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a no-brainer, right? If I would have even worded it right, I could have even got a couple of amens out of that one, huh? All right? That's what they say. If you want, if a preacher wants to get amens, just say what everybody already knows. Amen. 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 Hey, this is something I, I'm going to, I have to put my glasses on because I'm actually, I'm going to quote J.P. Moreland, uh, 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 one of his book, it's called The Kingdom Triangle. Super deep. Has anybody here ever read J.P. Moreland? Michael has, I know, and Blake, yeah. Uh, 
The Kingdom Triangle by J.P. Moreland. He, uh, he's extremely intelligent. And when I say that, I mean, you'll, you'll understand as I read just this little excerpt out of this book. Um, in other words, <laughs> he uses words a lot of times I have to look up. And that's okay, because I like looking up words. Remember, that's one of my favorite things to do, is look up words in a dictionary. <clears throat> so, listen to this. Uh, J.P. Moreland says this, and this is, so try to listen, or, or really, if it, if it, if it goes over your head for a second, don't, don't tap out. Come back, because it does, it does come back to something. And, and I have to, I'm telling this to myself, because I have to do this. It says, one can obtain pleasurable satisfaction through, through some particular activities or areas of, of success. In other words, we chase after stuff that will please us. But that gratification is gained only, it's, it's only limited to that area that you're chasing after, such as, such as money, sex, uh, uh, approval. And the excitement that ensues or comes with that does not necessarily, listen to this, color your effective presence when you are called upon to sacrifice and serve others. But a life of wisdom and virtue is like background music at a restaurant. It sets the mood and texture for everything within its scope. And, and then you find yourself really happy. Because all aspects of your life then are seasoned by it. See, he's referring to the kingdom of God working in your life. And he says, even Jesus, to even Jesus, we find ourselves finding out in Jesus, we find ourselves finding out what life is supposed to look like and learn to live that way by its kingdom principles. It is to become like Jesus himself and have a character that manifests the radical nature of the kingdom of God and the fruit of the Spirit. It is to find out God's purpose for one's life and to fulfill that purpose in a Christ-honoring way. This is a life, this is a life that produces fruit, a life that we are made to function in by the power of the Holy Spirit. J.P. Moreland is a spirit-filled um, what would you call him, Blake? Uh, philosopher. He's a, a, a doctor. I know he's got a PhD in philosophy. He teaches down there at, in fact, where Michael graduated from, from Talbot, which is uh, the uh, graduate school of Biola. And at Biola, too, yes. I still remember. I remember the day like it was yesterday. When Blake called me and said, Dad, 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 you're never going to guess what I get to do today. I get to go sit in on one of J.P. Moreland's classes. I'm like, oh, man. The whole class. I'm like, yeah, the whole, I was like, are you kidding me? Can you, like, record it? Can I, like, can I cheat? Can I, it's like, oh, this is, anyway. It, and it's just something that we, we love his, his writing. He writes a book. It's called Love the Lord with All Your Mind. It's literally a 600-page book that's like that thick, and I'm like, and that's on one subject. He teaches something that's pretty fantastic, but what he's getting into is this, this concept and the idea, and I love this, and this is where I want to go with this today, is that there's something that happens inside of us that when we seek first the kingdom of God, 
all the other things that we think that we might want to chase after, they kind of fade away. But when we seek first the kingdom of God, as Jesus said, all things are given to you. All things that you are seeking after, that's what's going to be in your life. So it's extremely imperative, I think really, really important for us to understand and know what the kingdom of God is to seek after. Amen? Amen. Good job. So let's go with this. I I think that this is something, and I say this to myself, I'm I'm in this with you because I'm excited about this. You know, even even entering into the kingdom of God, you know, uh, 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 figuring that out is, is, as Jesus said, John 3, 3, he says this, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot even see the kingdom of God. So, so this, is a, this is the beginning of it, is, this, is that experience, and it is an experience where I say, where God reveals himself by the power of the Holy Spirit, who Jesus is, and when I say, and you see, and, I, and then you say yes to who Jesus is, Lord and Savior of your life, who gave his life on the cross for you and for me, for my sins, I receive forgiveness of sins, and then I, I become born again, born of spirit. And water, as Jesus said. And in that is where we start to, the kingdom of God comes to life. Actually, that's for us to even see it, let alone walk in it. Amen? (coughs) Man, get get excited. You guys, how are you doing this morning? Good? Good, okay, good. Praise the Lord. I'm just going to move on. In Luke 18, 17, this is good too. I love this. Um, it says, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Wow. <clears throat> you don't even get to come in if you don't become like a child. Receive the kingdom like a child. Did you know that? Huh. Why is that? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, let's, let's, let's talk about that one for just a second. Just a minute. <coughs> What's he referring to? Okay, okay, that's good. I, I like that where Donna went. She said it's because there, there's, a, there's, a, uh, there's a childlike trust in, in children that when you say something, they just believe it, right? It's extremely important for us to raise our children in the ways of the Lord because everything you say, they believe. Yeah, Nancy? And they trust you. Yeah. Amen. I'm having a hard time hearing it with these fans, but I hear what you're saying is they have, they have a trust, which is it's a lot of what Donna was saying too. Is they have a trust within them that, that we as adults, what do we do? We struggle with, don't we? Yeah. Glenn? Okay, you, you hit on something that's really good, and that's a, a, I think all of it is a part of it, and it's really good because this childlike faith that Jesus says to have, it says, receive the kingdom as a child, you will not even enter it. <clears throat> One of the issues that you adults have, I as an adult too, <clears throat> is we have a lot of preconceived 
thoughts, ideas, notions, if you will. Uh, do you know how we come to this thing called prejudices? How do you come to a prejudice? Okay, that's good. It's taught. Well, it's, it's a, it, that's, some of it's taught, but some of it's learned. But how do we come to them? It's because we come, it, it's because we have what is called, and I know this gets a little bit wordy, probably read it from J.P. Moreland, is we have presuppositions about what we think things ought to be and should be or how they think that we are. We develop these things in life. We develop these things as we get older. And as these things sometimes get developed in us, guess what? Sometimes they're wrong. Hello? Have you, have you learned that at all in life? Okay, let me tell you something. If you don't realize that as an adult, then you need to repent and become like a child. Because that's where you're going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck. You will always get stuck if you say, well, that's just how it is. Uh, I'm just telling you that. Now, now so, so as a child, and, and receiving the kingdom of God as a child is, is being, yes, trusting that what God says is actually true. Trusting that as we lean on God, He will hold us. As we follow God, He will lead us correctly. Hello? That's what children do. You know, there's a, something else that happens too that in, ch in children that I think is pretty dynamic is that children have a closer sense, if you will, a closer connection to spiritual things than us adults. If you want to talk about the reality of eternity, I mean, the, the actual real stuff of eternity, I, I'm going to encourage you, don't come and talk to me. I mean, you can. I'll try to give you all of my things. But talk to a child. Talk to a three to five year old child about eternity and I almost guarantee they will have deeper, more correct insights than anybody in this room. I mean that. And I, I'm not, if that, I, it's just, it's because they, they just have it. They know the stuff that is there that God put there. It's pretty cool. Anybody else want to say anything? Blake, are you... Less of the world in them, exactly. And that's kind of what... Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. Yeah. And that's, yeah... Amen. Amen. And that's why Jesus, he uses this, this if, if it, it was a little offensive to the learned, those who studied theology, those who studied religion, and, and this is what he was, when he, uh, when he made that statement, is when parents were bringing the children to him to bless, and they, the disciples said, no, 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 Jesus needs to spend time with important things. Take your children away. And Jesus said, ah, oh, heck no, not in my house. No, bring the children to me. In fact, unless you receive the kingdom as a child, you won't even enter in. In other words, it's like, you better let them come to me because that's who I'm looking at, people like that. In fact, you need to become like them. Don't make them like you. Become like them. Now, 
and, and I'll say this just as a blanket statement, and it's like it's, it's, maybe it's an obvious one. There's a vast difference between being childlike and being childish. Yeah, thank you. We all know that. Probably recognize it in everybody else before you see it in yourself. Yeah. Amen. Uh-huh. Oh, whoops. Jesus also is talking about the kingdom and in something that I think is, is interesting. And uh, one time his, his disciples came to him and said, why are, you teaching a, why are you teaching in parables? They asked him that. And he said, well, and he, he, he said it in a, in, a, in a roundabout way like this. I'm going to word it, reword it in a, so I understand it because it's, it's in a, he said it correctly. But he said, I teach in parables to hide and conceal that which is people who are in the, in the dark or in the blind so that they do not see the things that actually, and I know he said it, this is what he was referring to, so that if they understand and see, they'll be held accountable to that which they understand and see. Because remember when Jesus was confronting, uh, he was confronted by the healing a blind man, and then he said, you guys are blind yourself. And they said, we're not blind. He said, oh, well, you really, it, really what Jesus is saying after he said, the Pharisees said, we're not blind, he was, there was almost a compassionate way he responded. It's like, I almost wish you wouldn't have said that because now you claim to see, now that you claim to see and you really don't see, you'll be held, held accountable for what you think you see. And so sometimes Jesus explains stuff in parables to keep those which are in the dark in the dark. That's like, what are you talking about, Eric? That doesn't make any sense, but that's what he said. And to bring to light to those who are in the light more understanding and a deeper understanding of his truth. That just, that's like, that doesn't make any sense. Does, aren't we supposed to just like say, tell everybody that Jesus loves them? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yes. Yeah. It, that makes a lot of sense to me. I'm hoping that you're understanding what Blake's saying there. Is that, you know, sometimes we, we need to, and not just sometimes, I believe we need to operate by the power of the Holy Spirit in every situation, in every, everybody's life, and allow, because there's that, the righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit is what we're actually all looking after. We're all going after approval by God and acceptance by man, or acceptance by God and approval by man. You guys know what I said. Uh, 
But when we go after, when we go after other things and, and then we, we try to fill it with something that is not of the Lord, there's going to be some sort of gratification that takes place, but it'll be limited to that which we chase after. So when we as Christians, we as believers, we who are in the light, we who are, uh, we are understanding what God is talking about. We're knowing that the Holy Spirit is, is put us here per- perfectly and purposefully goodness to be salt and light and it's not an option it's it's like we are called to be salt and light and that may not look like what we think it should look like in other words we need to trust the Holy Spirit's leading to love people right where they're at and that's what what happened this week with one of the young young people in the in the youth group and it was really good because not only did it allow the opportunity for this young man to be loved, but it also allowed the opportunity for the young men and girls of our fellowship to learn how to love, to learn how to love correctly, to see it played out in front of them, to learn how to be like Jesus and be about the kingdom work. You know, when Jesus was talking about how, uh, you know, the difficulty of getting into the kingdom of God, it's interesting, he said, you, know, you must be born again, you must be like a child. And then he gets into this other situation where a man came to him and said, hey, how do I get into the kingdom? How do I get in? Remember, as the rich man. He said, well, you know the law, go by it. Eh, interesting thing to say. And yet we as a Christian church, you know, in the dispensation of grace that we live in, it's like, Jesus actually said that? Live by the law? Yeah, and so he said, well, I have. And he repeated it and said, I did live by the law. I said, well, then do the next thing, which is sell everything you have and give it to the poor. And that's when the man went away sad because he was very wealthy, extremely wealthy, and he couldn't do it. Couldn't bring himself to that place of surrender to God. Yes. Yeah. That's where he was going to eventually get him to was that place. But that's when he uses this, uh, another illustration. He said, it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom than it is for the camel to go through an eye of a needle. And his disciples were, were, they were dumbfounded. They were like, well, what the heck? Gosh, if they can't get in, who can? I mean, if, if this man who obeyed the law and was very wealthy, he can't get in, how do I stand a chance? And I love Jesus' response. It's like he says, you don't. You don't on your own. It says, with man, and I love it, with man what? It's impossible. But with God, it is possible. So even getting in and operating and functioning and walking in the kingdom of God is all God doing it in us and through us. It's not our doing. That's what Paul said. It's not a matter of eating and drinking, doing all the right things and not doing the wrong things. Right? Hey, isn't that, a good, isn't that good news? That's great news, that for me to operate in the kingdom of God by the power of God and the Holy Spirit, it's not about me doing all the right things and not doing any of the wrong things. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, if I need to add this, because it's like, it's one of those Paul kind of rhetorical questions, it doesn't give us the freedom to do all the wrong things and not do the right things. It actually empowers us to do all the right things and not do the wrong things. But it's from within. Amen? 
It's from within. And that's what it's about. The kingdom of God is within you. It's a work inside of you. It's God ruling inside of you. Amen? Yes. Uh, Matthew 5, 3. This is a good verse too. Like I said, we're gonna, I, I'm just shotgunning it. Can you, can you tell? Yeah. Blasting us with the kingdom of God scriptures and, and ideas and concepts. And there's one that I'm asking the Holy Spirit to allow me to talk on it. I, th- I think he will. Matthew 5, 3 says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. I love this and I love the, the NIV. I think I like it better how it words it. Is it blessed are those who recognize their spiritual poverty and see that they need Jesus. The kingdom of God belongs to you. Amen? Yes. That's an amen. <clears throat> and it, uh, this is a place, I, I, I'll, like I said, I'm going to just throw these scriptures out to you because this is awesome. Luke 12, 31 and 32, seek the kingdom of God above all else and he will give you everything you need. And so don't be afraid, little flock. I like that. Don't be afraid, my children. For it gives, listen to this, listen. It gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Wow. Did you hear that? Again, I just heard something really awesome. Seek the kingdom of God first. And it will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid. For it gives the Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Amen. Amen. I love that. In Luke 13, 24, he says this, and this is interesting. Work hard to enter through the narrow door in God's kingdom. For many will try, but will fail. Wait, what? But, but, but shouldn't, if, if I just want to, shouldn't that be enough? Right? Hello? You guys with me? Did I lose you guys? I didn't lose you, did I? No, okay, good. Do you understand what he's saying? To enter into the kingdom, you must be born again. You must, you must receive the kingdom like a child. You must understand, recognize your spiritual poverty that I need Jesus. And then I'm, I'm walking in. And then he says, now work hard to enter in, to get in and stay in because many will try but will fail. It's because they try on all these other merits. They try to do things that are on their own. They try to do it a different way. Jesus said it another way. He said it, unless you have the proper clothing... The, right, the robe of righteousness, you aren't invited to the feast. Amen? And so it's about having the, the right clothing, the robe of righteousness, which is, the, is Jesus covering me. That's the only way in, is through Jesus. And that was the message, I will tell you guys, the message I was able to speak to at this funeral was, was, it, was, it was a good one. I, in fact, I got it in my notes because I thought, as I speak at a funeral, I ask the Holy Spirit. I've never spoken the same message twice at a funeral. It's always been something that I ask the Lord to give me for that particular people. And this one was in regards to, if there were another way, would you take it? <clears throat> if there were an easier way? <clears throat> and I think that's a question sometimes we ask ourselves. What, you know, when you get into a difficult situation, wouldn't... I wish there was another way to do this. And Jesus even asked that question. But it it comes down to the nitty-gritty truth that there really is only one way. 
and that's through Jesus. Amen? Yes, yes. All right, let's move on, because this is good. So I'm going to ask then, I'm going to ask a question that I, I think will provoke some growth. After the train goes. Yes, we're a small church. <clears throat> small church in a small town, in a big state, in a big country. Do we have an impact in this small town as a, as a body of believers? Absolutely. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle something here that I feel like is something that I feel like the Holy Spirit saying we need to dig into the truth of, of why I've called you here as my people, my children, believers in Christ, followers of Jesus. We need to root ourselves into the truth of why we are here. Why we are here. Because here's, here's what I've seen something. I've asked the Holy Spirit and asked the Lord about this. And I want, I'm really careful. I want to be really careful to word all this correctly. Is why am I struggling with a massive church movement that's going towards civic duties in our community and towards our country. And I asked the Lord that question. You guys understand what I'm asking in that? Um, what's that? Yeah, why do I have a problem? Why do I struggle with it? And I, and I asked the Lord about it because I, I hear... I hear from one side that it's our civic duty, it's our Christian responsibility. We are a Christian nation, and we, we are the ones that are called to be Christ to the world. But here's what, I, here's what the Lord told me, and he told me something that I feel like it's really, I, in fact, I think I read it somewhere, but I can't remember where I read it or when I read it, so I'm not sure if I actually read it. Does that make sense? I don't know if I read it somewhere in my brain, but it was this. It was what the American church has, is doing and is going in a direction that is not a part of my kingdom is their objective and their goal and their mission is to democratize the world as opposed to evangelize the world. And I asked the Lord, I said, what do you mean? I really did. I had this great conversation with the Lord. And he said, it, it's, they're more determined to see that it's we the people, by the people, for the people, than it is, what do I do for Jesus, my King? And I'm, I want to be really careful to understand. I want you to understand that I am not at all saying we need to revert to communism, socialism, uh, uh, dictatorism, or I don't know if that's an ism. Uh, it's not, I don't know, <laughs> Tyrianism. That's not what I'm saying at all, because our democratic liberty is awesome, but it's not Christian. It's not biblical. Yes. 
Be careful. Let me speak. Let me preach. Yeah. Be careful that we don't justify something that is not biblical because some are called into it. I, I, I asked the Lord this. Be careful about that. And I want us to be very careful about what I'm going to say next. Because when you look up and you look up the definition of democracy, what does it say? It's we the people, by the people, for the people. That's, and it's about equal liberties for all. When I read my Bible, it never says anything about that. It doesn't. It says, whosoever will believe will enter into the kingdom. When I say this, I'm saying this with, very, with, with a lot of caution because here's what I'm saying is, I said it earlier and you all agreed. Is there a conflict between the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of God? Absolutely. We as the church are subtly sliding into something that is the kingdom of the world out of the kingdom of God. And I believe that this is something, and I'm going to read something to you. It's a verse that Jesus said. It's Matthew 21, 43. It says, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit. Did you hear what that just said? Jesus was speaking that to, yes, the is Israel at that time. I need us to hear this as a body of believers, as a church, a church that says we are following Jesus. We're following his ways, his kingdom, his, his mandate to live, to glorify God in this world that he's placed us. Are you guys on board with that? Then let's do that. Let's be that. Jesus said it in a way that, remember he taught something, in fact, he used parables to teach. He used parables to teach. And in the parable that he taught, and this was an interesting one. He said it's a, the workers in the vineyard. I'm, I'm going to, here's how I'm going to, I'm going to make it so clear, I believe, the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of America. Last, I believe that we are going to be children of God, not children of America in heaven. He said, there's, I sent out, I, uh, let me tell you what the kingdom of God is like. He said, it's like a landowner who called workers to work his vineyard, right? These landowners, he said, he went out in the early morning and said, hey, come and work in my vineyard. I'll pay you $100 a day to work in my vineyard. So they went out. Six in the morning, started working in his vineyard. He went out at nine in the morning. People standing there doing nothing. He said, hey, I'll pay you $100 a day to work in my vineyard. They went out and worked in his vineyard. Went out at noon, still people standing around. I'll pay you $100 a day to work in my vineyard. They went out and worked in his vineyard. Went out again at three o'clock. I'll pay you $100 a day to work in my vineyard. They went out, worked in his vineyard. Five o'clock rolls around, time for the day to be done and everybody to get paid. So he starts with the last people first and the last people come up to him and say, and he says, here's your hundred dollars. And they walk away, wow, that was, that was easy money. That was great. The next group comes up and says, here's your hundred dollars. 
wow, that's great. I only had to work half a day and I made it. Then that middle group comes up, here's your money. They're looking at like, well, wait, I worked a long time. And finally, the last group that comes up, Jesus said he paid them. He says, this is a parable. He said, I paid them $100 that they agreed to. They got butthurt. They got all upset, even offended. They were insulted, angry. Like, well, wait a second. Oh, did, did I, I probably shouldn't have said butthurt, huh? Sorry. You guys all knew what I meant. Because you've all said it. So as they're, as they're dealing with this, Jesus says, hey, what's your problem? What's your problem? They said, well, we worked the grunt of the day. We worked the hardest. We worked the heat of the day. And you're paying us the same amount as those people that only worked a little bit? He said, hey, what is it to you? What is it to you that I am full of mercy and grace? You agreed, and I therefore took it in. You agreed to do what I asked you to do. So therefore, this is what the kingdom of God is like. And he uses a phrase that we all have heard and we might have even said, but we don't really understand what it fully means. It says, in the kingdom of God, those who will be first will be last, and those who will be last will be first. You throw that into the American Constitution and try to figure out how that fits. It doesn't. But it fits in the biblical principles of kingdom living. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I am not at all saying we just toss America out. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we need to be careful about what we put our stakes in, what we, put our, what we stake our, our claim to, what mountain we're going to climb up and say, this is how it's supposed to be. We need to make sure that we're about the kingdom, about the kingdom of God and about biblical virtues, biblical ways, being about Jesus, following the power of the Holy Spirit, loving people right where they're at. And when a person comes into your midst that is not like the person that you, they, that you think they should be, whether they're gay, whether they're, they're a, a Democrat, whether they're Mormon, whether they're, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. When you're about the kingdom, it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit and loving people right where they're at. This is what it's about. And I know this is really hard to understand and really grasp is like this is because it's, 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 it's a conflict. The kingdom of God is conflicting to the kingdom of this world. We agreed to that. You guys all said a hearty yes to that. Believe it. And do what Jesus said to do. Do what Jesus said to do in life. In every area of your life. He said, be careful. Be careful that we don't go after 
things that are not of my kingdom. I mean, that verse that he used there that I quoted at the end, that scares me. That alarms me. That, 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 that shakes me as it should shake you. Please don't, don't think that you're so in the right that you, you, you get it all. I believe that we call to be humble. And when he tells us the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a nation that will produce the proper fruit, I think we need to open our eyes. I think we need to open our eyes. America, Christians. Because I see a lot of countries, a lot of nations in this world. I'm seeing they're surrendering to Christ by the truckloads. I mean, look what God is doing in the church of China. Have you seen what God is doing in the church in China? Do you realize that, that more than, I think it's 75% of the population of China are professing Christians all underground illegally? That's awesome. Amen. Absolutely. I believe it too, but we need to have the proper fruit. Has the church, that's, that, <laughs> what's that? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, thinking, wait, that's not a question that you can, Yes. Amen. That's, yeah, so, so connecting those two is, is not a connection that's correct. The church and, the, and America. So does that make sense, what you're asking? Yeah. And, and listen, I, 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 as much as I love the freedom of America, I love it. I enjoy it. I relish in it. I love it. I want to enjoy it even more. I love this freedom that we get to come into this room and just worship God. We can turn it up as loud as we want, right across from City Hall. And, and they thank us for it. I love that. I like that. But is that what it's all about? No. Robin just hit on the point that I was going to make in, in a future message, but I like it. She said it really, really well, is that even Israel, what God had in mind for Israel was a theocracy, but they wanted a monarchy. They wanted a, a man king, and so God gave it to them. We as America wanted a democracy, and God gave it to us. It's not a... It, it's not like we're, we chased evil or we failed. It's God will give us what we ask for. 
let me ask you this. This, is, this question I'm just going to ask you. What pleases God? What is it that wants to please? He said, it is God's pleasure to give us what? The kingdom of God. I read that verse. I just read it. It makes God happy to give you his kingdom. He's looking to instill his kingdom into his people. That's what he's looking to do. He's looking to instill the kingdom of God into his people. Yes, and it will be the desires of our heart if we chase after, seek first the kingdom of God. That will be the desire of our heart. And I think this is where we're called to be right here, right now. Yes, we're a small church, but man, we have a large impact in this community. An extremely large impact in serving Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit with righteousness, peace, and joy where we're accepted by God and approved of by man. Let's not, let's, let's stay the course until the very end. Let's stay the course until the very end. And it might get rough, it might get bouncy, it may not turn out and might this, you know, this next phases of the, our, our society may get a little dicey. Let's stay the course. You guys hearing me? Hearing the Lord, because I believe that's what the Lord is wanting us to understand. And yeah, I went real deep. I, I was like, you know, doing all, and then I went, boom, real deep, real quick. I understand that. And, and, I, and I really did. I asked the Holy Spirit, is this where you want, to, want me to go with this? And he said, yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. No, not. Amen. Austin, you had a question. A theocracy is, is, is God as the ruler. A, a, a monarchy is a king as a ruler. A democracy is the people rule. It's we the people, by the people, for the people. We love that and we want the world to be democratized, don't we? Are you guys, come on. Doesn't America, isn't that our objective? We'll go fight wars across in other lands. Amen. Yes, so if a, that's why Jesus, when he came on the scene, talking about this kingdom of God within you, amongst you, right here in your presence, he was saying, this is what it's about. See, Jesus was really just saying this one thing, and he was saying it, and this was his message. In this, well, they, they, 100%. Yeah. Amen. And that's what he was, that's all he, that's the entire message was, I love you so much that I'm going to surrender my life so that you can have God's rule in your life, is what you really are after. You're really after that. You think you're about political rightness, but that's not going to really matter because what matters is what's going on inside your heart. And the kingdom of God is that which is ruling inside of you from within you, making an impact 
and having, producing the proper fruit, the right fruit in the world in which you live. And it's only in that do we produce the right fruit. And we can recognize this, right? How many of you guys are not seeing this and seeing this really clearly is that we're, you know, yeah, I, I buy into a, a, a political uh, stance. But I know that when I buy into that and I stake my, my, I put my stake in that ground, all I've done then is created division. And then, then I got this conflict in my spirit because I'm not supposed to. I don't, I don't like division. I'm not divisive. The Holy Spirit is not divisive. Just saying it's you against them, it's us against them. That's, that's divisive. And yet we'll still walk that walk and go that route and say, well, those people are just, they're just messed up. They're in the dark. They're confused. They're, 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 they're even demonized because they believe in something that's different. It's like, well, wait, where did I get off in saying that I'm the one that's got it all right? Hello? So it still comes down to the same thing that Jesus was dealing with. He stepped on a scene where there's tyrannical rule. He stepped on a scene where a government was taking advantage and actually being really ugly. Hello? Are we not on the same scene? Pretty darn close. Well, yeah, part of it. Part of it is is it's playing out as God wants it to play out. And God's purposely, purposely and perfectly placed you and I here for this moment in time to be salt and light. Next week, I'll I'll get a little bit lighter and easier on us. I want to talk about the, uh, the difference and the dynamic of you as then as, as a kingdom subject, the kingdom of God's subject, that's what you are. That's what I am. Follower of Jesus, I am a subject of the king. Child of the king. But what is a child of the king actually called? A prince. A prince. And princess. Are you a prince or are you a pauper? Let's talk about it next week. Come back. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you have called us to be right where we're at, at the time and the place. And we thank you that you, Jesus, fill us up. You, Holy Spirit, you are our light. And your word is truth. So, Lord, we're tapping into, we're asking you, we're asking you by the power of your Spirit to fill us, to make us like you, that we would be salt and light in a decaying and dark world, in a very confused world. We ask for your Spirit's clarity, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of love, you Holy Spirit just fill us completely and as we worship you as you've called us to do may you Holy Spirit do what only you could do restore us to you completely and fully in Jesus name Amen Amen